comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. session of six minute abs about 30 minutes frank how long does it take you to digest a nutella and gummy bear sandwich 30 minutes tonight's episode lowest common denominator And that's when I turned to Brian Nixon and said, boy, I sure am thirsty. <laughs> that was the moment I got up and walked out of the theater, vowing never to return. Welcome to Half Hour Wasted, episode 348. 348. Two, episode, two episodes away from Big 350. And actually, from the day this airs, Either Sunday night, late, or Monday morning. Two days, or the following Wednesday is our recording for 350. So, if you want to participate, you've only got those couple of days to make your desires known. You can email us at halfhourwasted at gmail.com and let us know. This is your last best chance. Yes. Sorry, your last best hope for a piece of episode uh, 350. Now, wait, you said this was 348? This is 348, but we're actually recording 350 two days after 348 airs, which means... No, this is 349. That's against the laws of physics. Isn't that impossible? We can't do two shows in a week. Um, Wait, let's think this through. Hold on. You're right, 349. This is 349. You're right, I apologize. It's 349. Wait a minute, now I'm confused. <laughs> I have to look at my calendar. Now, this isn't going to affect when we do 350. 350 is happening when it's happening. But I, we this should be no. episode 349. No, it's 348. Okay. This is 348. Because 347 is airing now as we speak. 349 is the LCS show, right? 349 is going to be the second show you guys recorded last week that's right okay you were out last week yeah. brad because you were having some truck issues so bill and i went to a comic book store that will air later gotcha yeah. so tonight we're gonna we're gonna bump the second show you did so we can air thor closer to the its release date than than if we had just aired the lcs show yeah. first so right. people are gonna have to wait one more week hang in there people for one more week when you will get to hear Frank's Star Trek. 
Boom. Like that? I did. I do like that. LCS for Star Wars, and so is a Star Trek. Yes, is a journey to the LCS. You know, um, speaking of Star Trek, this, and I'll show this to you you guys later. We've been uh, dabbling a lot at work with 3D animation, and so technical term dabble. Dabble, yes. It's very fancy. What is that squeak? Is that a mouse? I prefer noodling. Hold on. The rabbit. Um, I don't know what. No, it's only. It's not happening now. It only happens when Frank talks. Are you a robot? Tinker, tinker. Oh, you know what? I need to. There's a. Oh, so you have been wiggling while you're talking. I need to hit the WD forty on the uh, the lazy boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd like to apologize, listeners, for this insane invasion of. All the decibels of your hearing range. All I right, can't believe that you have not lubricated out. your recliner. You're dabbling with Frank, 3D animation? Frank, right. It doesn't squeak on me. <laughs> what likes me better? So, uh, okay, so mentioning Star Trek. So the idea behind this spot was we're talking about all the big brands that we carry at where I work. So it's all these big logos floating in space. That's the idea. In the background, I have uh, the original Star Trek Enterprise flying through in one shot. Nice. And then I also have a TARDIS flying through in another shot. Very small, just in the background. Very small TARDIS? Very small TARDIS. Well, it's, it's, far, it's, it's not small in size. It's small in that it's far away. So it's not a TARDIS you might like have on your desk? No. <laughs> oh, we're talking 3D, a virtual TARDIS. Virtual TARDIS? Yeah. We're doing awesome. all 3D animation. And I was able to find this. Well, it's amazing what... You can find out there that people have just designed because they're bored. I mean, we found a Millennium Falcon, a really nice professional-looking 3D model of a Millennium Falcon, but we didn't put it in. I had to. I wanted to keep two jokes in the spot, so Star okay. Trek and and the TARDIS. So what's the uh, what's the software? Um. Hmm. It's the open source 3D software. Oh, it, okay. it uses um, OBJ format. I can look that up. But anyway, it's um, Mirage, maybe? This is way off topic. Okay, so to summarize, Frank's dabbling with technology that he probably shouldn't be. Uh, we're going to record 350... Two days after this show airs, so if you want in, let us know. we got room for a couple more people. Um, and we're going to talk about Thor right now. Yeah, Thor. I am going into this off of a second viewing not not less than an hour ago. Oh, great. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I um... Frank, do you want to set that down instead of holding it? Well, when I was putting it on the table, there was a lot of noise. Some type of electronic noise that was what just floating around. Would that be better? Is that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Here, just listen. Okay. Right in the eyes. Well, the, take that. I mean, could, if I throw it, I mean, if I hold it. We're talking about the microphone. We could put it on a soft cushion. Well, I think it was getting. No, I'm fine like this. We need yeah. to make sure all the is stuff okay? is down in yeah, the corner. Yeah, it sounds good. What happens if I do this? Do you get noise? Yeah. But okay, it, but then I, I mean, won't do that. Yeah, you're, what happens if I do this? So don't do that. Okay, well, you'll I'll just spill it. it. I'll just hold it like this. Is that okay? That's awesome. I don't know why I was concerned about you holding it. Now mm-hmm. I'm holding it, but now uh, I guess first we should maybe before we get into Thor, tell us about the truck. 
Um, $600 later, uh. my truck is fixed. The throttle body was, in fact, the culprit that regulates the power uh, that is delegated to the system. Okay. And so I, I don't remember if I told you this about the trick the guy told me to do. Um, to, f to fool the system, everything's regulated by computer. To fool the system, I had to disconnect the battery and it reset the system, it reset the, the computer uh, that was telling the throttle body not to power the engine at full capacity. Okay. So once the uh, computer was reset, it then powered the computer, I'm sorry, it then powered the car at full power, I was able to drive it home to the mechanic that I'm an all too frequent visitor at, by the way. Your car is just, it's like when you get older, you yeah. just reach an age where you just start going to the doctor slash mechanic yeah. a little more often. I need I'm a new car. I was, it's funny, I was totaling up all my uh, my bills, uh, my car repair bills over the last couple of years. I don't even like thinking about how much I've spent mm -hmm. on that car in the last couple of years. But, oh, you know, anyway, it's working, so good. Yay. it's all good. I, I, I feel you, though. I've, yeah. um, I've been really happy. I, my car, I've been driving my car for... Um, almost a decade now. I mean, I've, uh, next April, um, I will have had that car for ten years, um, and yep. it's just, I. There are times you need to listen to what the universe is telling you. Right. I think that's kind of important, and the universe is definitely telling me it's time to start thinking about going another direction, which makes me sad. More candy. More candy. <laughs> I'm trying to be the More universe. More candy. Bill here. Oh. I've got caramel corn. That's good enough. I got a ten dollar bag of Boy Scout <laughs> caramel corn. It's for everybody. You're a good man, listener. Just I'm taking more than my fair share. Caramel corn. Oh, now the oh. other thing. The other thing. And Brad, no peanuts in there either. Good. They're not wasting your time with peanuts. As it should be. It's all caramel corn, all the time. No, Brad. The other thing. Normally we have our mixer, we have our microphones, but we're using the handheld recorder. Why? Because my laptop died. Right. $350 later. Oh. oh. See, I yeah. thought it was because we were sick of high fidelity. I had the motherboard replaced in my laptop. Mm. Let's just, let's. Well, that's cheaper than a, than a new laptop, so you did good. I need a new laptop for editing purposes, but until I can afford one, I could afford a new motherboard. So, baby steps. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. I so, want to say we should position it. I'm That's actually a, picking to get it a lo-fi with the what? Wait, you were just saying about how the popcorn doesn't have nuts, and now you're eating nuts. But you're eating nuts out of a can. No, but they're not covered in caramel. Oh, there's a difference. Okay. And okay. there's no peanuts in here. This no? is This is a a this is a tin of deluxe mixed nuts. You don't like peanuts? Peanuts aren't nuts. What they're legumes. Huh? They grow. Peanuts are legumes. They grow in the dirt. And they can uh, become infested with molds. Tree nuts do not have that problem, so tree nuts are safe. Okay. Tree nuts will never have the uh, the the toxic fungal poisons that you find in uh, stuff grown in the earth. That includes potatoes, by the way. And I, I used to think you fries. were crazy, but now I can just see your nuts. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, so let's talk Thor. Yeah. I've seen it twice. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. I liked the first one a lot. This one was twice as good as the first one. I, I loved it. I would I agree with that sentiment. Only I did not care for the first one. Uh -huh. I did not hate it, but it, it's that terrible um, 
curse of the establishing story of who this person is, of what's going on. I get a little bored with that sometimes. The second one, man, adventure, fun. I laughed. I had a good time. Don't, I love this movie. Don't forget to let me tell you what my favorite line in the whole movie was, but we'll do that later. Got Bill. You. Okay. Well, I'm not going to let Frank besmirch the good name of the first Thor movie. I liked it. It was too, great. Though. I liked yeah. it a lot. Um, in fact, I read a really cool article. Uh, it was on uh, the MTV Splash page of all things on why you're all wrong. The best movie is Thor of the Marvel movies so far. Okay. His position is that the first Thor movie is the best of all the Marvel movies that have come out to this point. What, what, um, what's his uh, synopsis? How come? Um, you just opened a can of worms with that. Oh, dang okay. it! Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll thumbnail it for you. Um, point one is big ego, little story. Never underestimate the appeal of a simple, straightforward story. Uh, too many movies overcomplicate plots and mythologies, multiple storylines, overlapping uh, characters and, and timelines. All that. Thor is about an arrogant guy getting exiled for a few days and learning to be nicer. Um, uh, the, the second point is uh, that Thor is a funny movie. There are moments of actual sure. laugh out loud mm -hmm. mirth in the first movie. Um, the artist, uh, excuse me, the author here, um, he noticed the the number of times that Thor gets uh, hit by the truck by Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's plenty of humor in, this, in yeah. the second one, too. He says it's good for comics and non-comics fans, um, where he, he says somehow Marvel managed to strike a perfect balance between, between making Thor, uh, a Norse god, work in a world where we've only met Iron Man. Um, and this is, this is, you know, for audiences that only know what the movies are. Um, his next point is uh, Brothers Grimm. There's no better, more realistic relationship in any superhero movie than the one between Thor and Loki. Um, that uh, uh, Loki is amazing. Uh, he, he says the, uh, the casting is uh, most of it. Uh, he gives Kenneth Branagh an awful lot of um, credit for the, the, the pace, the feel, the look of the first movie. I could not agree with that more. And he, uh, his final point is he believes it's the most consistent Marvel movie, um, meaning that it's it's not plagued by a slow first hour like the Avengers, or you know it's just kind of you know uneven like Iron Man two, you know et cetera et cetera et cetera et cetera. Um, I need to see Thor two a second time because much like when I went and saw the first Thor movie the first time, I walked out of the theater thinking that was good. It was, it was good, but it didn't blow my socks off. My socks were still on my feet mm -hmm. at the conclusion of the movie, and I really enjoyed it, but I just didn't I didn't get a whole lot of those, wow, whoa, you know, adrenaline rush moments out of it. I think it's, um, been, it's been one of the better of the solo Marvel movies. That's I mean, there's awesome. A, there's only one team, Mar you know, non-solo Marvel movie, but yeah. it's been one of my absolute favorite of the... And, and at no time, I mean, I'm trying to reflect back on the movie... There's not one part of the movie I think is uh, poorly done. Uh, there's not one part of the movie I think uh, should have been edited out. There's not one part of the movie I think, you know, uh, could have used better acting or directing or any of that stuff. I mean, the the movie, in my opinion, was was better than competent all the way throughout. Um, and it makes me wonder because as I've gone back and watched Thor periodically over the last two or three years now. That movie grows on me, and I suspect, I got the feeling that Thor 2 The Dark World will do the same to me, 
So I want to get my second viewing out of the way. Uh, I didn't see the original Thor the second time until it hit Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to wait that long. So I, on the spur of the moment, I, I decided I would leave the house early in time to see the movie before arriving here. So that's what I did. Did uh, uh, Bill and I experience something very funny during the um, during arguing? We went with Brian Nixon, by the way, who yes. happened to be in town. And um, it was a scene where uh, Thor takes off his shirt and he's kind of just standing in his room. I think he's changing. Let me guess. Can I? Did the whole girl, half of the audience go, No, no. Well, yes, and but no. Okay. It was one girl and she went, Woo! <laughs> and the whole audience laughed. You could tell by just that one moment that she couldn't hold it in. She was just like, Oh, she had the vapors. She yeah. was just like, oh my. I think I actually heard one of those in our first viewing as well. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of laugh. There was a lot of nervous laughter from the young girls. Yeah. And, and, and uh, even I was going, dang, that guy's, what, is, what yeah. muscle is that? I've never seen that muscle before. Jiminy Christmas. Uh, um, the the director is Alan Taylor. Do you guys want to hear his filmography? Yes, yeah, I know and that he's directed a couple of episodes of at least of uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, and he's just been announced uh, for 2015. He's going to be doing Terminator. Yeah, is they're doing a, a Terminator, uh, another Terminator movie. Okay, but yeah, Game of Thrones, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Uh, let's see, Rubicon. He's done a lot of television. Mad Men, Law and Order, Sopranos. I mean, he has a long list. Even an episode of Lost. I think he did Sex a great in the job. City. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is a competent, competent director. He's done a lot of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the pacing was good. Mm -hmm. Just the well, way everyone... And what every, movies has he done? Processing. Not many. Processing. TV every series, movie, TV series, TV series, okay. TV series, TV series, TV series, TV every series. Every movie director has a first movie. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? Something called Palookaville. That looks like it might have been a, uh, a low-budget one. Let's see. You know what David Fincher's first movie was? I think I do. What? Madonna's Truth or Dare. Nope. Dang. Alien 3. That was his first feature film. I thought he did Alien... Oh, okay, okay. Because he, like... He did uh, videos, and they did uh, yeah. Madonna's Truth or Dare, which is basically a long-form video, and then I think he did Alien. Yeah, Man. I don't think... I'm not counting that Madonna one. Well, that Madonna one did have a theatrical release, so technically, uh, okay. well, I guess we're both right. Then I'm wrong. The um, <clears throat> No, we're both right. But uh, he's a, yeah, very competent director. You know, the one thing I did like about this movie was we had established characters that you... that had established personalities... So we weren't learning personalities. We were just along for the ride with them. That, to me, was yeah. very comforting. It was fun. You know, I didn't have to quite figure out what motivations might have been on certain of them. Yeah, it just it just moved and, and clicked. Um, I do have to say, though, out of all the characters, and there's a lot of characters in this movie, uh, Thor was probably the most boring. <laughs> That's not the right word. But, I mean, it seemed like everyone well, had Thor's funny a, lines. Thor's a straight man. Yeah, he that's was a Thank you. He was the straight man for yeah. this whole movie. That's the actor it. that played um, the blonde Warrior 3. Warriors 3, the blonde. Yeah, the okay, blonde. that was my one. I was could that, not. Is he a different actor that played? Yes, that was Zachary Levi. Yeah, he, he who did. Who was Chuck. 
He was Chuck. That was I Chuck, dude. Chuck? Wow. So he didn't play that character. The, in the first, well, the first time I saw him, no, he didn't. In fact, that was the one thing that kind of tripped me out. I it just it, it hit me in the forehead. Wait, it was wait, like, let me say that again. That was Chuck. But they've got every single actor in that movie returned for this movie except for Falstaff or uh, I'm sorry, what's his Fandral? Fandral. Fandral. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the only. The only actor in the entire stinky ensemble that was switched out. This guy looked familiar to me, and I, I was thinking to myself, I don't remember thinking that this character looked familiar to me the first time I saw him. Well, and we had just seen, um, we didn't see the last ten minutes of the movie, but um, before uh, uh, Zoe and Sage and I went and met Frank and Brian, uh, I put Thor in that Saturday, you know, Saturday morning. So we watched, you know first 80 percent of the movie or, or whatever it was um right before he we went to the theater yeah and i i walked out of the theater thinking did i do a disservice to thor 2 by watching thor 1 immediately before seeing it why I mean, would that be a disservice well i don't know i mean i i again i think for me the first movie has just grown on me so well over this last couple three years since it was released um, I think Bernard did an amazing job with the with the actors, and his vision. It, it took seeing Thor two to kind of crystallize how much of the the vision of the movie was Bernard's, mm -hmm. because there was a, a lot of set design was very different. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the end of, of Bifrost, mm -hmm. you know that room that circular room was completely different. Which the I thought throne, was really weird. Odin's throne room was different too. Yeah, and honestly, well, they had to rebuild Bifrost, right? They did. They did have to, and Bifrost acted differently. Yeah, it did. You know, the the, the color, the yeah. color splotchy. You know, the the way the colors trailed and stuff as you walked across it was it was a different animation in this movie than it was in the yeah. previous one. Um, it was almost like comet trails in Thor two, I think, and in Thor one, it just would kind of light up, almost like. Michael Jackson, Billy Jean, we step yeah, there you go. <laughs> it lights up and then he moves off and it goes dark. It was almost kind of that thing. So, but, uh, but I just there's there a lot of uh, um, the set design. I think was really the only place where it kind of put me off a tiny little bit, just simply because Bernard makes Asgard. It is gleaming. It is a, it is high gloss. You know, it is it is chrome and it is gold and it is reflective and it's shiny and it's beautiful. And he made Asgard not gritty, but a lot less splashy looking. Yeah. Um, in the first Thor, uh, what's that character's Fandral? name? Fandral. Fandral was played by Josh Dallas. Josh Dallas. Who, right now, currently, this may explain why he wasn't in the movie. Okay. He's on the TV series Once Upon a Time as oh. one of the main characters. Oh. He plays uh, Prince Charming. Ah, well. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? If Josh literally had a time commitment he couldn't get back out of, and he said, "Hey, my blessings, you know, go for it," then I can dig that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was weird the first time I, you know, because every single character, you know, is the same actor as the first movie, and all of a sudden you see the store, the sore thumb sticking out, and it's almost, you know, subconscious the first couple times you see him, because they don't make a point of really focusing on him. He's just kind of part of the ensemble the first couple times. So it's like, was it? 
you just kind of get this weird tick in the back of your head. It's like, was it? Was this something different about that? Yeah. And then you see him a second time, and it took us a few minutes. But Zoe and I look at each other at almost the same moment, and it's like, that's Chuck. Oh, okay, cool. And, uh, because um, Zoe is is one of the few humans on this planet who liked Chuck more than I did. <laughs> um, it's on Netflix, by the way. Um, watch it; it's awesome. I found uh, I found a little article here that came out June 9th. Uh, let's see. Thor 2 loses Josh Dallas as Fandral. Let's see. Do, do, do. We know that Chris Hemsworth will be back as Mighty Thor in the sequel, Thor 2, but one of his trusted Warriors 3 will not be returning. Joshua Dallas confirmed that he is not coming back as Fandral for the superhero follow-up because of his commitment to the ABC series Once Upon a Time. All right. Well, cool. I, I, I think it would have been weird in the theater. I'm sitting there thinking, did they get rid of that actor because they wanted Jack. Zachary Levi in it? Did they get mm -hmm. rid of him because they wanted someone who was a, a better actor? Or, you know, why? I think he did a, a good job. one character. No, Zachary Levi did yeah. a great job. I think Josh Dallas was born to be Fandral. Yeah. I, he <clears> nailed <throat> it in the first mm -hmm. movie. And... Again, maybe it's because I had to get past, holy holy crud, that's Chuck. <laughs> that it took me a while to kind of let it sink in. Because he had different mannerisms. Uh, you know, once you realize there's a different actor, it was pretty clear that there are differences in the way that character is being portrayed. Now, uh, Hogan, or is it Hogan? Hogan. Hogan. He had a really small part in the movie. Yeah. And he was... He was virtually useless during the battle scene because you just see him once looking up at the... Um... He's the uh, Asian guy? Yeah, he's the Asian guy. Okay. And then he's looking up from his village, looking at the alignment of, yeah. the, of the nine worlds. That part struck me as just a little odd about why they, why they left him behind, even though he said he volunteered because his, his planet needs him. But then him looking up, it just seemed odd. I think he was looking at the convergence. Yeah, he was looking at the convergence, but it just that didn't bother me so much. It 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 felt like we're gonna leave you behind because we don't yeah. like you. On that, <laughs> on that on that planet, it uh, his planet. What's his name? Uh, Hogan. 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 Um, oh, I didn't see nothing. Um, there was a nice nod to Thor comic book continuity in in this movie on that planet okay you remember uh shortly after thor arrives the big stone creature that walks up yeah, yeah. okay i it rang a bell for me the first time i saw it but today when i saw it again i went holy crap i know what that is uh did you guys read um the planet hulk story mm -hmm. he uh, i've got yes. that once when he thanks to you when I he, nodded. I needed to say that. Yeah. Verbally. When he get away from me, kitty cat, go. What are you doing, cat? When he are you crazy? Uh, was stranded on that planet, he befriended a group of other aliens that were right. stranded on that planet. One of which was a character named Korg, who oh, looked yeah. just like yeah. This, except in the comics, Korg was yellow. Exactly. Yeah. But in the in the movie, oh. he was that big stone guy. Now I'm I'm looking. They at don't reference my name, do they? No, sir. Okay. I'm looking at Wikipedia. He was a member of the Cronin species. Okay. Uh, and the Korg character from uh, Planet Hulk has been retconned into uh, 
into being one of the creatures that fought Thor in Journey into Mystery number 83, released in 1963. He was originally, they were from Jupiter or something like that, right? I didn't read that far. I don't know about that, but... And then it turned out that actually Jupiter, they said they were from Jupiter, but actually Jupiter was just the station for them. This is how they retconned it. Okay. And and that they were um, they were using that to get to Earth. But, but that, so they can they call themselves Jupiterites okay. or Saturn or something like that. But that's Journey to Mystery. Basically. But that creature that he dismantles with yeah. one swipe of his <laughs> yeah. of his hammer that was one of those guys. That was. Yeah. Um, for all intents and purposes, that was Korg. That's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Very cool. I really appreciated that. Um, I just didn't have a problem with anything in this movie. It was just so much fun. Um, Great way to describe it. I had it was, fun. It was just so much fun. Kat Dennings was funny. She wasn't annoying to me. Mm-hmm. She just, like in the first movie, she was almost just a little bit annoying. Yeah. But in this movie... They used her very well. They did. Yeah. She was yeah. funny. And... I'll go ahead and say it. She had my favorite line in the whole. Oh, let's hear it. In the whole movie, it was near the end when Thor and uh, his name isn't Malachi, but it's the dark elf, the main dark elf. Right. It was Mal- something. Uh, Malakith. Something Malakith. Yeah, something like that. Well, they were fighting, and Thor summons his hammer, Mjolnir. Yes. And this was right after Darcy and her intern, <laughs> Ian. They've been planting a big smooch on each other. And Mjolnir comes soaring through the crowd. It was Darcy and the intern, Natalie Portman. What's her name? Jane and and, um, Eric Selvig. And she sees it fly by and she goes, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yes. <laughs> she, she can't say Mjolnir. She, she never could say it. And in the first movie, she called it Mjolnir. But when it sails by, she's like, Mjolnir. Like, oh, I know that. And so it, was, it just caught me off guard. It was nice. so, it was so uh, funny to, to hear her say that again. I love those moments to catch Mjolnir. you just right. Yeah. yeah like she, she was happy. Mjolnir. It was great. She and was used really well, I thought. Yeah, her with the intern's intern and yeah. the timing they gave her. And yeah, she she made me smile a lot. Yeah, um, she was funny. An- another part, especially during the battles, this was one of my personal favorite parts was, you know, all those portals end up opening up. Yeah. And so Thor is being thrown here and there and yeah. back there. And so the hammer is just like flying around and oh, going, yeah. you know, it's always going to follow yeah. him and... and God, that was fun. That made me. That yeah, made me so very like happy. when he disappeared through a portal, it did a complete like yeah. ninety right off, just trying to get away from it really quick. How yeah. are we doing? Thirty minutes. Right. I think. Um, I think really the one. I'm not even sure if this is a nitpick. I need again. I need to see the movie again and see if it bothers me the second time around. But uh, um, did it seem weird to anybody that poor Eric Selvig? was the most base form of comedy relief. No, not at all. <laughs> because I, he was a very gotta, serious character up until this point. Well, you got to... You know, he, he was the straight man, you know. Um, you know What'd you lose, was, buddy? The he win, was the Abbott, win not fight. Costello. You got you to gotta remember, he even said himself, I've had a god in my brain yeah. for a while. Yeah, which, which is a great line. Yeah, that's going to affect somebody. <laughs> and this brings me to the worst Stanley cameo ever. Oh, really? In 
my opinion, okay. that's the dumbest Stanley cameo ever. <laughs> Can I have my shoe back? <laughs> He's been used much better than that. I, w- I would say, for, for ranking them, my least favorite was in The Incredible Hulk when he drinks the uh, soda. This is true. That one, that one was... Uh... And I like that movie, but it I thought... Uh... Is that the Ang Lee? No. Hulk? That's okay. the... Uh, okay. A- in Ang Lee, he was with... Um, I don't even remember him in Ang Lee. He was a security guard with uh, the Hulk. Lou Ferrigno. With Lou Ferrigno. And they were walking down the hall. Okay. I think his... Now, okay, what's Stan Lee's best cameos? Because I've got my pick. I like the one when he was the... I think it was a Spider-Man movie uh, when he was a librarian, but he had headphones on. Oh, okay. That was (laughs) That was good. That was the best scene, I think, that he was in. I I totally... Yeah, they're, they're having that, that... that battle royale behind them. That was actually the, the remake. Oh, that was the... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Garfield? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that was my favorite Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. That was the best part of that movie. <laughs> I think my favorite cameo was him as a character we wanted to see forever. Um, him as uh, the Fantastic Force postman, Willie Lumpkin. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was good, too. Yes. That was good, too. I mean, I don't uh, remember the line he used, but it was just like, oh, cool, it's freaking Willie Lumpkin. Check yeah, that out. That's that cool. Uh, I think mine was when he played Hugh Hefner, yeah. which he didn't. Oh, but it, uh, yeah. I think that was an Iron Man too. Yeah, he was being I mistaken. I think he called him Hef. Yeah, yeah, he was, hey, Hef, and he turned around. <laughs> and the sad thing is that right now, current Hugh Hefner kind of looks like yeah. Stanley. Yeah, he's, uh, he and Stanley, they, they could uh, easily be sharing a room right now. Now, I would call this other character I'm going to talk about uh, an African-American, but okay. he was a dark elf, so... That's not an accurate description. <laughs> no. Well, the if best not, description of him is the black elf. If, if you're not from wait. Africa, you're not an African American. So right. wait, so he was that actor was black? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. So wait, he was a black no, no, man, no, no. Not painted the, white. Not not the main elf, not Christopher Eccleston. Uh-huh. Why do I know that name, Christopher Eccleston? He was the first. He was in the first season of the reboot of Doctor Who. Okay, well, he He's was also, the main elf. He was, what? Uh, Are you serious? That was Doctor Who? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was. Yes. He was Mal- no, no way. Malakath or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was also the uh, one of the two principal villains in the first G.I. Joe movie. Okay. If yeah. That, maybe that was what ring. I about. recognize the name. The face looked kind of familiar. Yeah. He was the, the main dude yeah. with the ether. Yes. His right-hand man. The guy that took the fire egg and yeah. put it inside yeah. him, yeah. the black guy. Yeah, yeah. That was Mr. Echo from Lost. No way. Way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't either until the second viewing. When I saw his name, okay. I was like, no way. Oh, yeah. Out. I saw his name in the opening credits, and uh, and I thought, what? I'm just excited that there's a Doctor Who. That there was a doctor who maybe it wasn't opening credits maybe i saw his name at the end of the first time i saw it and then kind of went what but anyway <laughs> yeah that was mr echo hey, i heard brian and you uh frank talking about uh did you get tickets to the uh doctor who's 50th yes i anniversary did get, spectacular right on i believe it's, it's like either november, november the 23rd 23rd something like that okay. they're showing that at the movie theater right right yeah it's is gonna be in three D. Is that a reunion of all of most of the doctors? Two of them, it looks like. Only it's gonna two. be the current one and the one right before them. Oh, that's and, not that a big deal. Well, it's the fifty. You know, believe it or not, it's been fifty years of Doctor Who. That's crazy. And 
There's only been 12 doctors, and and so this is just a big big event that you can you see. You want to impress me? You get all the doctors together. <laughs> hey, there. Um, I've got. How a, many are alive right now? Uh, I don't know, only but three? I've got a DVD. Uh, no, I think. Uh, I mean, Tom Baker's alive. I don't know if uh, William Tron is alive. Uh, now, Brad, they have gotten five doctors together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, impressive. I've got the DVD, the five doctors. Can I borrow it? Um, yeah, if I can find it, absolutely. Oh, okay. That has got it's good got on a, you, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, again, Brad and I were uh, were talking uh, uh, off mic before the show started. And it was just, I've hooked up these speakers to my back porch now to turn it even more of a pad, um, which is important these days. And, uh, so we're sitting out there enjoying some music, and there's a little nip in the air. So Brad's wearing his hoodie. I'm uh, I'm wearing this uh, this toque, this nice uh, um, slate colored toque with a little very subtle pattern in it. And I found this hat quite a while ago, and uh, figured it was Sasha's. I was like, oh, it's mine now. You know, I got it now. So uh, I've been wearing it for the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, this is the only toque that I've got that uh, fits really well because it's got kind of a, a band on the inside of it, kind of holds the shape together. Uh huh. So we're sitting out there, Brad and I are enjoying uh, some beverages, and Brad looks at me and he goes, "That's my hat." <laughs> I've been looking for that hat. Are you serious? <laughs> I've been looking for that hat for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at him and go, "I thought it was Sasha's. Sorry, I stole it from her. I didn't realize I was stealing it from you." <laughs> You can have and then, it. I bequeath it to you. Yes, and Brad, Brad bequeathed it to me, and I was extremely grateful. Because my first question, my, my first thing is, man, I'll give it back to you. Where did you get it? <laughs> Let's talk about Loki. Okay. What were you going to say? You raised your hand. Wrap it up? Well, I mean, uh, if we wanted to do two tonight, but uh, I'm not trying to force this, but, you know, just kind of kind of bringing this in. Let's talk Loki. Loki was... I am not tired of Loki in any form or fashion. Oh, he could be the bad guy in every Marvel movie from now on, and I'd be okay with it. He had... Oh, gosh, I just remembered about my only problem with the movie. Whoa. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Loki. Okay. But I don't want to end the show no. and forget about it. Okay, do it. We'll do it right now. Let's talk about Loki. No, let's do this. Loki was... No, let's talk about Loki. Okay, let's end on a good note with Loki. Okay. The first post-movie scene. Mid credits. That was awesome. Oh yeah. I refuse to talk about that scene. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I don't want you to throw things at me. Okay. Now I, w- I will I say just... this about that scene before you get because I know okay. you loved it, Bill. Um, the set and makeup of that little scene. Yeah. Looked like a bad sci-fi movie. It, it looked, looked, somebody on, on Facebook said it looked like they were watching an old Doctor Who episode. Yes, I will or give you it, that. Or, from the very little bit I've seen, an old Farscape episode. <laughs> oh, wow. Or, uh, a first season Next Generation episode. No, was, Doctor this is, Who. This is Doctor all I will Who. say. We go with Farscape. Probably. This is all I will say. Okay. It looked horrible. Oh. It looked rushed, Bill. It and looked like it was say, like... Okay, I'm just going to say it. Guardians of the Galaxy, my gut tells me, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy will be the beginning of the end of the Marvel movie franchise. Oh, dear. Okay, so you loved it. I Felt hope you're wrong. wrong. I what, hope okay, I'm wrong, what, too. Okay. I want to like that movie. I'm going to see Guardians of the Galaxy. anything about, like, like this movie, like this uh, scene, Yeah. holy crap. 
crap. Okay. What I love about this scene. utter garbage. What I'm, I love about this scene. I'm going to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I will too. Yeah. But I have zero expectations. No, you know what? I do expect it to be horrible. <laughs> okay, Bill. I yeah. expect way too much out of Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I'm hoping. I'm going to go into that movie hoping that it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. The public, the general movie-going public who loves Avengers, who loves the Iron Man movies, who really liked Thor and Captain America, is not ready well for a Guardians of the Galaxy. The movie. audience is about to be introduced. By the time Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, they will have been introduced to uh, even more characters that they've never seen before. Because they're about to see Ant-Man here. That's coming out before Guardians, right? So Marvel so. is going to spend some of their, their equity on Ant-Man. And I think by that point, the audience is going to say, look, I now know that pretty much anything Marvel puts out is going to be really good. And so I'm there going to... There are several people who dis disagree with that. What? They, they know that Marvel puts out only good stuff. Consistently good stuff? Yeah. Some people hate Thor, and some people hate Incredible Hulk. Okay. By the way, uh, can't help million, those people. 86 million is what Thor did, which was bigger than its opening weekend of the original Thor. Okay. So this movie did very well. Well, good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. That still seems a touch low. I, I, I wonder what the budget was for it, because I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at any of the details that Did you guys movie. stay for the very end scene? Yeah. Yeah, which I, okay, I actually... Which I think is going to play into the next S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. I had I a think. bit of a problem with the, with the very, very, very final scene. Um, but the, the middle scene, I wasn't looking, you know, I couldn't even tell you if the production values were, were, were bunk, or the acting was forced, or the, the script was hackneyed, or... I couldn't tell you any of that, because I was... I was just Google-eyed over Benicio del Toro's version of the Collector. As soon as I realized, you know, it took about a nanosecond to realize it's him. It's like, oh, dear heaven, he's gonna do. He and Johnny Depp both do weird very well, but Johnny Depp's weird has become kind of one note and a little bit off-putting. If you look at him in Alice in Wonderland and look at him in uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, uh, if you look at him in all wow. the movies where he's just a weird character. His, his, his weirdness almost becomes a sameness. But Del Toro still has a lot of weird corners of his psyche to explore. And I just, just, I don't know, man. I As soon as I saw The Collector, I thought, oh, yeah. And I didn't look at it as, this is a teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy. It didn't occur to me that there was really any connection whatsoever. Other than, obviously, the teaser is a stepping stone to the next you know, the next phase, the Marvel Universe collection. I literally heard somebody... I went to the Midnight Show. Yeah, okay. Because I couldn't... I ended up not being able to go the next morning. So okay. I went ahead and went to the Midnight Show. I literally heard somebody after that Guardians of the Galaxy scene go, what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, are these the same people that uh, wonder what the, the, mid, the mid scene was? And was the end of Iron Man 2 where you first see Thanos? Or no, it was the end of the Avengers where you see Thanos. Might have been the the mid credit scene. Might have been. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah, no, it was the Avengers. Yeah, because then the shawarma is yeah, the final, right. final scene. Um, I would, I would be surprised if people didn't have the same reaction to that. It's like, what the heck was that? I I know a lot of people who asked me about that who weren't. Yeah. Who you know are all they the only Marvel they know are yeah. the movies. Who's the dude in the shadows? Yeah, like and... what was that all about? Right, I got right. a lot of that. All right, so. Briefly, 
Oh, but before you go, yes. budget of the movie was $170 million. Okay, that's actually, these days, that's semi-conservative. This is weird to me. So, the gross worldwide box office was $327 million? Does that seem high or low? That seems high. It opened, seems high to me, too. It opened in the UK before yeah. it opened here. It was oh, I didn't realize to, that. Okay. We were talking to, uh, I was talking to someone at work, and we were both remarking that it was weird that... It was released in Europe, or maybe the whole stinking world, one week before it showed up. Mm-hmm. Thor was, wasn't it? Or no, uh, Avengers was, too. Uh, or Iron Man 3. It was, because because they did um, they did the premiere of Thor, like in London, if I remember right. So, yeah, I think so. Okay, back to... Uh, back <clears throat> briefly, tell me, are there five or six Infinity Gems? There's six. Do you know what they are off the top of your head? Oh, uh, uh, soul, power, time. Uh, okay, uh, so which one there's, is... There's one that, tel- that does teleportation. Uh, okay. Space is one of them. Okay. Um, now, is the Tesseract, which is the I, cube, okay. is, it one of the, is it one of the gems? I have never... I Until the Collector made that, that... You know, until the Collector made it clear that the Ether was intended to be the red power gem, the red... Uh, power stone. Well, he did just power. He didn't mm-hmm. make it. All he said was one down. No, he said. It's, well, but who was it? Okay, the, I, the big guy. I'm making some assumptions, but we, but but they told us explicitly that the ether was one of the infinity gems. Yeah, yeah. I think it and was because, the Viking that or the Viking. And because it glowed he said, red, it's not right. It's not well a good idea to keep two stones, two infinity was, stones. Yeah, exactly right. But it was clearly the power stone. Because when it infected those couple of people, they went on rampages okay. and were unstoppable. So is the Tesseract a stone? The Tesseract is apparently a stone. That might be the blue stone, which well, is the stone, happened. which is the space stone, which or, allows you to. No, pop. actually, it would be mind. Mind. I have okay. Okay. Purple, it, purple is space. Okay. Blue is mind. Green is soul. Yes. Yellow is reality. Gold is time, and red is power. Okay. Thank you. So. We've seen two gems so far. Yeah. Tesseract being seen, one. Yeah, we've seen the but mine. What's weird is that they're not in gem form. And that's that's the thing that was odd, too, because never I've been reading Marvel Comics, and I, I love the, the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, you know, Infinity Crusade uh, series. Uh, I loved them when they came out, and I still love them. I, I've, I've gone back and reread them, you know, the, the three six-issue, you know, series is, a couple of times um, because they're just they're kind of a cool read. Um, I, I love the whole. I just as as listeners know, I'm a big fan of give it as give it to me as cosmic as you've got. Mm-hmm. Give it to me as epic and universe ending and cosmic as you can manage to do it. And so I love that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I I love the the sci-fi concepts. So okay. you know, yeah, I but I've never heard it. Explaining, you know, that, that the Tesseract, you know, was a power gem. And the Ether, or, you know, the Tesseract and the Ether are Infinity Stones? Yeah. That's weird. And I, I don't know how you'd make that connection, that this amorphous blob of red goo that makes people, you know, roid out is actually an Infinity Gem. So, are we going to see the Infinity Gems in Avengers 3? I mean, we're gonna. Ultron is. Oh, is uh, the Avengers Two is Age of Ultron? Okay. 
it's Ultron and Avengers 2, and I think yeah. they're going to have to have a few more of those post-movie scenes to, yeah. to, to talk it's, about gems 3, 4, 5, and 6. I think it's going to well, be... I think it's going to be a bad idea, though. I, I can't imagine them doing a little mid credit scene or, or shoehorning them finding the other four gems into it. Well, hold on. We have we still have Captain America and yeah. Gardens of the Galaxy. So right. let's say there's mention of that. And so that's two. Theoretically, so you've got four. Ant-Man, I guess. Are there any other movies coming out? Uh, so five. Maybe at the end of... And Avengers. then, and then the sixth one could be what the what the third Avengers movie is all about. I mean, is all could, six of those coming together? Yeah, the sixth could jumpstart the third. It could be the teaser for the third Avengers movie. And and you know, don't put it past being that you know we've been talking about gems and stuff like that. I mean, one of those one of those elements could maybe be a character, a person themselves that they don't know they are yeah. that. You know, and that's just that's just the writers. You know, changing things around, like I don't know, a minor character like the Hulk because right. well, not minor, he's not minor, but well, a character like so. I mean, oh, the Hulk be, is actually one of the gems too. We just didn't know it. But. I mean, one thing would be cool is I. They've got we've clearly got the technology. I'd like to see them add the Vision to the lineup. And if you did, you could theoretically, the Vision could be a you know a, a glorified holding container for one of the gems, or you know, you could do a lot. You could go in a lot of directions there. Well, maybe we'll see him in. The next event. Well, we're going to see uh, the Scarlet Witch in the next Avengers, right? And Quicksilver. in the next X Men. Yeah, she's in yeah. both movies. And is, is it different actors? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. that's going to be weird. They <laughs> they should figure out a way to allow that actress to go cross platform. Um, I don't think they can because of the. Yeah, I mean, I, I realize they've got movie rights, and legal, blah blah. But I mean, you could. I don't. I can't see any legal reason why you couldn't hire the same actors to portray, you know, a character. Well, I, I think I think it's more like my team, your team. Right. It's more like you know, yeah. um, no, we don't want to play in your yard. I we mean, go to our yard. If, you, if they shared, if if Fox and Marvel shared that actress in that role, then you know, heaven forbid, you know, they do anything to you know cooperate to help the other. I mean. It, you know, I wouldn't. It's like both companies are going to make money off Marvel movies. I wouldn't expect in Avengers two. I wouldn't expect Marvel, uh, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver to be referred to as mutants, right? Because in yeah. Agents of Shield, which is owned by Disney, also yeah. they call them gifted. Okay, they can't use the word mutant. Oh, interesting. Okay, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't noticed that yet. And you're I'm right. Still... Right, next week's Shield as. Mm-hmm. After we record, uh, will be uh, a tie-in to this uh, Thor. I think they, I, uh, I think they're going to be going after the space rhino. Ah, yeah. I, <laughs> I liked, think I like the way that ended at the yeah. end. It looked like a dog chasing yeah chasing birds. I thought that was cute. How was um uh how many episodes uh, are we into Agents of Shield six? Okay, so I've only got like three or four to catch up on then. Uh, I think. Um, Last night's episode was the best yet. God, I need to add that. I've, I got a new DVR uh, recently, thank the heavens, but I haven't added uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to my... Uh, there, there's a couple shows. I need to get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Archer, and there's a couple others I need to um, I need to get onto the DVR. Anything else about Thor that you want well, to say? Well, we want to talk about Locke, Loki. We wanted to stay on a high note. I just think he was. he's just so good. He's such a good actor, and so... He's not dead. Did you see the ending coming with with him taking over Odin's spot? No, so what does that mean? Does that mean he was just 
posing as Odin while Odin was taking a nap or a bath. Yeah, well, I know. Oh, Odin, Odin goes into you know the Odin sleep periodically. Well, we he's, don't. He's in his little sarcophagus for months or years. Maybe he was in the media room watching the latest episode of Hoarders. Right, that's a good point. I mean, what, what if just been, you're going to be dropping a, a, a King of the Gods sized deuce? Also. <laughs> yeah. What if Odin um, turns out to be like one of the Infinity Gems and and uh, and Loki has just locked him away? I doubt that, but it's possible. Yeah. I think it's more likely that Loki just like stole the toilet paper out of the literal uh, the literal uh, Father of the Gods room. <laughs> he is a trickster, and so Odin's in there. Probably going, hey, hey, can someone help me out? Yeah. Spare square. Spare square over here. I like that scene where Loki's in his cell, and there's mass chaos and fighting going on, and he's sitting there on the ground trying to read a book. Mm -hmm. Love that. I think my, Loki provided my favorite moment of the dark world. What is it? Where Thor comes up to him, and basically, Captain Kirk's him. You know, he, you know, Captain Kirk, you know, convinces a, a machine to kill itself. Right. You know, Thor comes up and basically tells Loki, I know this is a put on. Yes, that was and my all favorite. All of a sudden, just. He disappears. He and disappe- then, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, he, Loki drops the illusion yeah. that he's in control. In fine clothes and he's calm and collected. And his room is sparkling and, and white and clean. Yeah. He drops the illusion, and Loki's slumped against the back wall. His clothes are dirty, and all the furniture is broken. And, and you know, in foods on the floor. Yeah, I I that love was, that scene. Now you see me, brother. Yeah, that was I, good. That was probably the one moment of the movie where I went, "Whoa, that was good greatness." And I mean, all the action sequences were great. I loved. Big surprise! I loved the epic scope of the movie. I loved the nine realms, and I, I just—I mean, all of that. Um, you know, seeing Idris Elba is always a pleasure. Yeah. Hey, what did it mean when, when, at the end, when Loki says to the magic elf, he says, "I am Loki from Jotunheim," instead of Loki of Asgard. Jotunheim is is the realm of the frost giants. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's why he said that yeah. then, because he's literally a frost giant. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah, um, uh, I'd forgotten that scene from the first movie mm-hmm. where they, you know, Thor, you know, it's it's before Thor gets humbled in, yeah. the, in the first movie, and he gets his merry gang to go attack the frost giants right. to pay him back for trying to steal the, um, uh, try to steal the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the frost, they go to Jotunheim. And they're in pitched battle with the Frost Giants. And um, uh, Volstag, uh, one of the Frost Giants, grabs Volstag by the uh, forearm. And his arm, like, freezes up. Yeah. And he's like, don't let them touch you! And they all kind of turn around and go, oh, okay. And they start hacking and slashing in. And then one of the Frost Giants comes up and grabs Loki by the hand. And Loki's skin starts turning blue. But as soon as the giant lets go, his skin stays blue for a second and then goes back to pink. And then Loki's... You know, you see that moment of realization yeah. on Loki's face. It's like, oh, it is on now. And yeah, that, that, that is the, the one thing that gives me the most hope that you will not ever see a bad Marvel movie. Is that to this point, tell me when they have screwed up the casting. 
and the casting is, I mean, you gotta have a good script, you gotta have believable special effects, I mean, you know, all I that still stuff. don't think Ed but, Norton was the best Bruce Jenner. Okay, Bruce, I'll give you that Bruce one. Jenner. But, but you know what? Okay, can I, <laughs> Bruce can, can we, can we take some points off of that one because that was their first try? Yeah. That was literally the first thing that Marvel did. Right. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass on that. That was, a, that was their learning experience. I think Since so then, far they've been They nailed it. I mean, yeah. I you know, I, from, from a All casting... All characters, the casting is amazing. Yeah. Uh, ca- casting, I, uh, casting agents make the big bucks for a reason because they know what they're doing. You know, but not rare, all of them are good. Rarely is it a miss. Like, if, it, if it's a miss, it's a big miss. But... I have a lot of trust in, like, not just this movie, but most movies. Like, the guy who played Superman in Man of Steel, great casting. Yeah, Henry Cavill, yeah. Very, even though he's not American, great casting. Thought thought he was great. Thought he nailed it. Whether the movie was good is another thing, but, I mean, he has the look, and he has the um, right. the presence of Superman. No, he made it work. And, and I appreciate you, Brad, bringing up the thing that, uh, I think that my favorite thing about the movie was you had fun watching that movie. Yeah, I did. It didn't beat you down. It no. wasn't. Um, and the more I think about it, I think that in the final analysis of the tentpole movies of 2013, mm-hmm. um, Thor in the Dark World may be my second favorite movie of the year. And that's a compliment. Another scene that really made me laugh was when Thor and Jane get back to her apartment and. Eric Sylvan is there, <laughs> yeah, no, with no pants, right, right, <laughs> and uh, they're Jane's talking about, you know, physics is going to go crazy and whatnot, and Thor had hung his hammer yeah, on the little deal. She just, yeah, he well, just, boop. she's talking about we need to get up and get going, and all of a sudden Thor's hammer is like boom right in his <laughs> hand, and Eric goes, well, I better get my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tickled me. I, I did that, that whole hanging. Funny. Yeah. It was pretty dang funny. Yeah, that was funny. Now, <laughs> I wonder what Joss Whedon, what he did specifically. Like, That's what was know. his fingerprint on that movie? Was it, did he go over the whole script? Did he just provide a joke or two? Or Is he I the mean, architect of the Marvel Universe? Has he been called that? Um, or He's, I don't know if he would be called that, but, you know. I mean, he's being considered the godfather of nothing else. I mean, he, I think you've. He, he probably does get some kind of veto power on. No, that's a horrible idea. Or horrible well, he didn't direction. do anything until Avengers, right? But they, yeah. I think they called him in to try to give the Thor script a little oomph. Okay. And I'm not sure what he did, but whatever he did worked. Pro- it was probably the light moments were like the hammer on yeah. the uh, on the you know those type of moments. I think he's good at. Yeah. I mean, it could have easily been just some script doctoring, which would be fine. Might have been. Near, near. I don't remember, I don't remember, you know, I remember Alan Taylor simply because you mentioned him to me. At the time, I thought, Alan Taylor, that, that name sounds familiar, um, but clearly I, I, you know, it's not a movie I've seen him in, that's for sure. Um, but I don't remember who wrote it. I don't remember who produced it, um, et cetera, et cetera, so... A lot of those times I do notice uh, those kind of players. And, and uh, did anybody write it of note? Did Josh Whedon actually get like well, writing credit? Well, I do not something? see any Josh Whedon. I'm looking at Josh Whedon's IMDb. I okay. see nothing that connects him to Thor. Okay, well, uh, can you slide over and find out who wrote Thor? You I'm bet. Just, I'm curious if it's anybody we've ever heard of. I mean, 
I know it wasn't like the Kiba Goldsman and, you know, you know, uh, J.D. Salinger? Really? That's cool. Here we go. Writers. Christopher Yost. Let's see what he's done. He's a copywriter. Okay, There's six more credits to it as well. So it had a... Christopher Yost wrote comics. Yeah. So Earth, uh, the Avengers, Earth, the Mighty Superheroes, that's the cartoon, oh, Iron Earth's Man animated. Yeah. The Avengers, EMH, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Let's see. Avengers, Emergi- Emergency Medical Hologram. <laughs> Let's see. A Christopher Marcus. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Christopher Marcus, known for Captain America, The Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. The Chronic. Chronicles. What? Uh, of Narnia. Let's see who else is here. Because uh, there's six names attached. Lots of writers. Lots of writers. Oh, wow. Uh, so Stephen a movie that was pretty well was an ensemble piece, huh? Yeah. Usually it's the opposite. Stephen McFeely. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America the Winter Soldier. He was okay. a writer on that. Thor Dark, Dark World. Pain and Gain. Uh, Captain huh. America the First Avengers. Chronicles of Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia. So it almost sounds like they're they're getting like a bullpen together. Yeah. And they're almost kind of writing collectively. So it looks like they got two established screenwriters, and then they got this guy, comic guy to kind yeah. of help them maybe iron that out. Well, because I don't Yost. know that Christopher Yost uh, has ever written a Thor comic. Not that that makes him unqualified. And then there's a Don Payne and a Robert Rodat who wrote the story. Not he the wrote screenplay. it? Rodat! He wrote it. He wrote that. Uh, Don Rodat, best known for writing several episodes of The Simpsons. Mm. Oh, Frank, you're in love. Oh, my gosh, this guy's the greatest writer ever. Hey, Frank, how long does it take you to fall in love with Don Rodat? 30 minutes. Woo! And a Robert Rodat. They must be brothers. Uh, Falling Skies. Okay, these guys just wrote the treatment. Okay. Well, cool. So, are we closing up? Yeah. Right. That's why so, Brad's uh, started the uh, closing music. Closing music. Um, if you hear this Sunday night or Monday morning and you want to participate in episode 350, mm-hmm. send us an email at gmail at gmail.com. Phone number? Nice. It's, hard to, it's hard to think and play at the same time. 972-798-3830. Twitter you know, uh, at Half Hour Wasted. You know, B.B. King, uh, I'm sure you know this, but B.B. King... Uh, never sings and plays at the same time because he can't. He would do, it was literally one or the other with B.B. King. So you ever listen to B.B. King, he'll play this crazy riff and he'll completely stop playing to sing. And then he'll stop sing, singing to play. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. That's B.B. That's that's, King. That's all B.B. King does. Those blue notes, man. <laughs> Oh, that's a half hour wasted. Stretch that string. Um, what else? That's it. Okay. Uh, tune in next week when Bill and I go to the uh, comic book store. That's right. And then we'll see you for 150. You go home. Off.